you guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm sitting at Nature's Brew, and it's very loud, and I apologize. The, this is not the audio quality of the episode. Um, welcome to Happy Sack Talk Thing, where I talk about emotions and thoughts and human beings and creativity and all that good shit. Uh, I had a really awesome guest today, Hannah Bowers. Uh, we talk about home, the sense of home. We talk about rocks in the ground. We talk about mental health stuff and how... Uh, it's kind of coming to be a theme of this podcast. Um, yeah, self-care shit um, from individuals, uh, which sometimes is more helpful than just like, uh, you know, cold articles on Facebook written by people that you don't know. So <laughs> uh, if you like music, if you like people, um, you'll like this interview. Um, so yeah, she has a, a wonderful album that's out now called um, Nightmares and Daydreams. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, it's great alternative rock music. Um, but yeah, Hannah Bowers is lovely. And she came over to my house and we're sitting in my kitchen amidst lots of boxes and piles of crap because I was moving out of my apartment at the time. So um, yeah, that's the stage, guys. Uh, sorry about this loud intro. Um, and uh, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not sorry. I'm a human being. I'm trying my best all the time. Um, I hope you guys are doing all right. I'm actually a little stressed today, um, but that's okay. I'm excited to um, put this podcast out because Hannah's lovely. So I, uh, I hope you're okay. And if you're stressed, too, just, just hang in there. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Look at the sky. Check out the sky. That always calms me down because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a whole sky. Nothing matters. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. Enjoy the show. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. I don't know anything. I'm just happy and sad and stuck. doing it are we rocking in the free world right now check 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 we're rocking and we rolling and we rocking and we rolling and we rocking and we cool rock and roll sweet i think we're killing it righteous righteous let me grab my chair is there a chair yes oh my god so much stuff yes i've invited hannah over to do this podcast i'm in the middle of moving out my apartment in downtown both in the middle of moving out yeah so we're uh surrounded by from all one my messy apartment to the next <laughs> <laughs> we're just surrounded by all my shit yeah no but it's really interesting so like <laughs> there's definitely a lot of stories like yeah. with all this stuff in here yes so. there totally is and that that's why i always get like very like nostalgic and sentimental whenever i'm yeah. moving i was thinking about like the first things that i have to do like when i have to move yeah because i was like Oh God, moving stuff is hard. Like you move your bed, you have to you literally have to go sleep in that bed. Like Yes. So what stuff do you <laughs> what stuff do you move first? Because I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Yeah. And then I was like, probably take the stuff off your wall your walls. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's like you can easily move that. Yeah. And else. it's um like I've moved a lot in the last couple of years. Like not that I've been like displaced, but you know, I moved out of home to go to college and so I moved into a dorm right. and then my parents moved again so when I moved out of the dorm I moved to their apartment and then I moved into a different apartment by school for the next year and mm-hmm. then they moved from their apartment to a house and mm-hmm. then I moved like to the house mm-hmm. and then I moved from that house to this apartment <laughs> you Dude, know lots so, of moving 
lots of moving. And so before we started recording, you were talking about the things on the walls. And so it's like, these have been the, like one of the few consistencies. It's, you know? it's such a, like you get some variety. here. <laughs> like, I think my favorite thing is this gems, crystals and gems. Oh yeah. I think I got that at the Getty. Um, Cause I don't I've, even I've, know. I love rocks and that's such a, that's such <laughs> a weird character trait. I don't think, think a lot of people appreciate I don't rocks. think a lot of people appreciate rocks either. I don't know if I'm even one of those people. Geodes. I will say that I just kind of like the way that poster looks. Isn't that just <laughs> weird? Like, oh yeah, aesthetically it's beautiful. But like, think about that. Like, look at those things and be like, yeah, the earth made that. That's that's a pretty cool that's way of looking at it. That's what I'm talking about. That's why rocks are dope, dude. Yes. And there's so many different <laughs> There's so many different kinds, depending on the chemicals that are in that area. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're talking about stories being in things. I mean, like, that's millions of years. Maybe that's why I became a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> rocks, man. Freaking rock. Rocks tell stories. I want to tell stories. With rock. <laughs> With, oh, my God. That was a perfect segue. I remember going to uh, the Natural History Museum and mm-hmm. looking at all the dinosaur bones and being like, these are dope. And then going into the one section with uh, rocks and stuff mm-hmm. and being like, this is so lame. Yeah. But I'm sure if I went with you, you would like inspire me. No, I would me. be like, check out this rock, Mac. And yeah. let me tell you why this <laughs> rock is dope. No, when I was little, I had like a geology book. And like, yes. what do you call the, those books where you like learn things? It was like the explorer. What do you call them learning books? <laughs> <laughs> that was the stupidest thing I've ever said. Oh no, my God. not at all. No, okay. I'm picturing it's like a white book. And it was like in elementary school library. I think I know what you're talking about. And it was about. like, explorer. Yeah, and like some would be like on like cats, or so some yeah, would be like, like World sailing. War Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of them was about rocks, and I, was I think super it was like discover, discover, explore the learning books, the, them learning, learning books. books by Hannah Bowers. <laughs> <laughs> my new, my new line of education. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so these posters have like traveled with me, you know, and like you were saying, yeah. like where's home for you when you yeah. asked me where I'd be moving to next, and I was like, home I don't know. Po- <laughs> home is where the posters are. <laughs> yeah, home is where the posters are, man. Yeah, didn't Charles Manson write that song? Isn't that a Charles Manson I, song? No, home is where the know. heart is. I, Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know that either. I know when uh, I I uh, moved out of my parents' house that I had, well, before I left, I had all these posters up in my room and they were all like these like pop punk bands and like skate posters and yeah. shit like that. And uh, then I came home like sometime and they were all taken off of the walls yeah <laughs> it's weird when your sense of home like starts to get convoluted like yeah. especially if you have the luxury of growing up in one place where it's like clearly obviously home mm-hmm. and then you come back to it and it's like a little bit different yeah. you know like at the end of uh you know ulysses when he comes back and he's like everybody's trying to fuck my wife yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly like that place? we all do we all deal with that personal <laughs> yeah. i you know what i'm saying like yeah because yeah. you go to college you're like okay i I kind of feel more connected maybe to this place. You have a different home. And it transitions. Sometimes it's not always clean. Like, now this is home. It's like, oh, this kind of half feels yeah. like home. Because like, like when I go to back to my hometown, it yeah. certainly doesn't feel like home. But it yeah. also does. It's yeah, weird. no, it's weird. Like, when I go back to my parents' house. I'm going to please keep talking. I'm, yeah, the tea's I about to. Hannah brought me tea. I'm so excited. It's chamomile. Um, what was I talking about? Home. Uh, yeah, when I go back to my parents' house, um, a lot of it. A lot of it feels like um, a certain kind of home where it's just like comfort, really. Yeah. Um, like I feel like that like childlike lack of responsibility. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm taken care of. Like I can relax. I can sleep in. I have food. Like I have my family. Like that's home. And then 
at the same time, it doesn't really feel like that's where I belong. So it's like, that's the aspect of home that's like missing when I go back there now. Where it's like, if I, for some reason, was like, I'm going to move back in with my parents. I'm not going to do that. No offense, I know that's a sensitive topic for you right now. But... <laughs> Um, but like I couldn't do it because I'd be like this just isn't where my life is supposed to be yeah. and like even though it's maybe less comfortable down here you know like I have to do all these things myself and they're not as quality or comfortable or like lived in um, it does feel like the sense of belonging that home brings all right let's crack this puppy open you yeah, I vibe a lot with what you're saying, and it's like, it's a trade-off because... What if I opened it and there was no tea? There's just no tea in there. <laughs> it's just tortillas. We're going to have hot water and <laughs> cookies. I, sometimes I just drink hot water because I'm with strange. With lemon? A little bit of honey and lemon? A little honey and lemon. Doctor that water up. Yeah, man. But I, yeah, basically, basically, I feel like home is just where you feel, like, safe and seen and heard, you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard not to like think of the phrase like home is where the heart is. Yeah, but like which I, I think hate I when could cliches be wrong. are true. I hate I could be wrong, but I think Charles. that is a Charles Manson song. <laughs> no, that's like a, that's that's which like such an crazy. old phrase. I feel like that was like in a Shakespeare, not Shakespeare, because that's obviously not like old English. I'm gonna Google it after and then find out for the intro, and then yeah. I'll like yeah, yeah. I'll call myself. Anyway, out. we went back and researched like the, what, the yeah. footnotes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or the the, when, the end. What do you the call end. the end? The end part? outro. No. The, don't, doesn't the news have to do that when they like publish the wrong story or something? They have to and, like, go correction. back. I'm like thinking like a book where it's like, Epilogue. oh, don't worry. I... Maybe. Footnotes, appendix. Appendix. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways, I, I super feel That's you. That's where we put that. And it's strange because it's like, like I was I was traveling recently mm-hmm. and I went to this one town called Galway. And it was just oh, like that's Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's such a small town, and the people are so lovely and welcoming that I felt at home there, like almost immediately, because yeah, like you so knew people awesome. and stuff. Yeah, that's, no, that's a beautiful feeling. I love people that like people that feel like home. Yes, totally. Yeah, like that's 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 super important. So where do you feel like your life does belong these days? Um, here, really. Uh, it, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot because I am. We can take a pause to open these cookies if you want. <laughs> or I can open them you and let you talk. I'll Sorry. You're a guest. Question. I apologize. <laughs> Trying to open these Milanos with one hand, which is hard because they're glued tight. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm moving. For the podcast listener, Hannah just bought a pile of Milanos that are a all just pile. glued together. A literal pile. She just super glued them. <laughs> no, they're in a package. Um. I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm moving, and when you move, you're like, you you you're. Where are you moving from? Where are you moving to? I'm moving from downtown Los Angeles to West Los Angeles, which I'm stoked for. But yeah, it's that moment where you're like, I get to pick where I'm going. Like I get to pick what I want to call my home. Yeah. Um. And so I've been thinking about that a lot. And like my line of work keeps me here, you know, like I have so many obligations here and I have so right. much momentum here. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's one thing is like, I'm obligated to stay here, but I also really like it here. Yes. There are things that I love about LA a lot, a lot of things I love about LA and there are things I don't like about LA, but definitely when I was figuring out where I wanted to live, um, a few months ago, cause I'm like looking at my future thinking like okay my lease ends at the end of july where are you going yeah and um, it's such a fun thing when it's far away <laughs> to right think of it's adventure about. 
And I was just like, well, I, I literally live at the beach. So I think yeah. I should probably live close to the beach, not only for my soul, but for my wallet and my car. Yes. And that kind of thing. Um, it's also nice because I feel like in New York, if mm-hmm. you're like a poor artist <laughs> yeah. and you're not in your uh, home, you have to be spending money to be somewhere else. Yeah, dude. And like LA, like there's a lot. It's like I feel like easier to be poor here. Oh my and god, it's so good. Did you tip? Did you dip the cookie in yeah, the tea? It's a little hot. Ooh, it, shoot. It's a little melty, and you don't burn yourself, please. I think I have a more sensitivity to heat than most people because sometimes I'll be like, it's too hot, and they're like, it's fine. I'm very sensitive to spice, <laughs> but so heat. Spice. I think I <laughs> spice. <laughs> I think I've b- just burned my tongue on a regular basis drinking tea and shit. Mm-hmm. So I think my uh, temperature. Oh my God. I haven't had a Milano in so long. These are delicious. Thank you so much for these oh, snacks. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I've never been on a podcast before. Really? Yeah. You're killing it. I feel like you're a natural podcaster. Well, here's the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing, Mackin. Do you listen to podcasts? Um, I listen to weird podcast. I listen to one podcast. And it's, it's Philosophize This. I haven't heard of it. It's just an educational podcast on the history of philosophy. That sounds rad. It's dope. Yeah. I forget the guy who does it. Um, but I really, I love philosophy and I'm sure I would listen to a lot more podcasts. It's hard for me to like sit down and just listen to something if it's not music. Right. Um, well, that's the great thing about podcasts is that you like throw it on while you're doing laundry or something. Yeah. It can kind of like come along as opposed to yeah. TV that kind of requires visual and oral attention. Yeah, no, know? exactly. I definitely like, yeah, I guess I never really like. <laughs> I guess I never really do things um, <laughs> <laughs> or like things going on in the background. Like, yeah, I do laundry, you know, like every yeah. two weeks or whenever that well, happens. Sometimes it is nice to have the stillness and just be present with what you're doing. But yeah. also like LA, so much driving. I don't know. Oh, dude. Yeah. So for no, me, podcast is very much a way of life. <laughs> I, Dude, with all the driving in LA and I have um, this job in Studio City. Mm-hmm. Which any anywhere you live in LA, other than Studio City, is trek to get there. Like, really? Yeah. Have you? Do you know? Like uh, my geographical knowledge of LA. Okay. Is terrible. So picture LA like a circle. Got it. And picture on top of that circle, there's a mountain. Got it. Studio City is on the other side of the mountain. Ah. <laughs> cool. So it's like, wow, you're in LA and you have to go to Studio City. That's I have to go outside the circle. Is that I like tried to do that visually so that people listening could also because right. I didn't want to be like, but look at this, smacking. Look at my hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Californian sketch on SNL. You yeah, took oh the 405. No, it no, it's jumped. I, that's I hate how accurate that is. Right. Because me too. I that's, that's everyone's I don't know conception if that's of California, you, and I'm like, but that's Damn become it. me because it's real. Every yeah. time I talk to my parents, where I'm like. Maybe I'm talking to them on the phone or something, and they're like, "Where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm on the 110." And they're like, "Haha, the." <laughs> oh right. The, the yeah, because on the East Coast they don't say. Well, not from the East Coast, but I, anywhere. In other places they just say like, "Oh, anywhere." I take, you take 55. They just the numbers. Two. Which is weird because when I go home. Yeah. I'm like, oh, where's home for you? It's in Bay Area. Uh huh. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it there. I love it here. I'm very, again, mm. home. So much to talk about home today. California. This is like the theme of today is home, which is so yeah. great because we're we're moving. Yes. That's so real. So real. Transitions. Um, But yeah, when I talk about freeways, when I go home, I'm like, yeah, you take 17 to 85. Yeah. 
But when I'm here, I would never say you take 110 to 101. Like that yeah. feels wrong. It does feel wrong. But to say to take the 17 to the 85 also feels more wrong. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I hate how the English language is. I know, English, English is so strange. It's not like, even English. It's just Los yeah. Angeles. Los Angeles speak. Cultural colloquialisms. El, yeah. LA what was South. it like growing up in the Bay? Oh, my God. I loved it. Um, this is going to be hot for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Fine. We're drinking hot tea. So are we. On a hot day. So hot. Welcome um, to Hotcast. <laughs> attractive people talking about being attractive. <laughs> That reminds me, there's this... Sponsored by Sephora. There's this YouTube video. Um, called, it's a song. It's a music video. It's a parody, I think. I hope mm-hmm. it's a parody. It's called Hot Girl Problems. Have I you ever heard not, of it? I have not. Oh, my God. It's like... it's You know those songs that are made that are, like, bad, but they're really catchy? Like, they're yes. terrible songs. And I'm not saying, like, they're trying to be pop songs. Like, they're trying to just be a song, right. like... Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like everybody knows the spaghetti like shuffle, the classic <laughs> hit. Um, that was hot girl problems. Anyway, that was it was a funny video. You should watch it sometimes. Yeah, it's like hot I'll girls, we out. have problems too. <laughs> we're just like you, except we're hot. Hot, hot, hot. It's really catchy. That's great. I sing it sometimes to like motivate me if I'm like running. Yeah. And I'm running out of breath because <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yes, it's funny oh, the things that get like stuck in your head. Um, so like there's just one live white stripe song mm-hmm. where it's like, um, I think it's like Jack White and Meg White doing a cover of Rated X by Loretta Lynn or something. Uh-huh. Some live version. Oh no. <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's a live version of the song Just Shake Hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is on their first album where it's like, you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can throw it in a garbage can, but just just shake hands or something. And there's this one live version where Jack mm-hmm. White goes like, you can do what you want to do, Meg. <laughs> and and I, that gets stuck in your head? That get, just, just that part. So That's I'll just so be like, funny. you can do what you want to do, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anyways. I hope you tell yourself that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's an empowering phrase. I can yeah. do what I want to do, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about um, live versions of songs? Because I was think I was talking about this this morning. Yeah, um, I had a girlfriend, my first girlfriend, who said that she didn't understand the point of live music, uh-huh. and I was oh, like, whoa. like at all? At all? It was weird. She was had in. She been to a concert. That's what I was saying. She was saying like, uh, I th- I she was more in the classical side of things, you know, and and that type of performance music. I think she was referring to like pop music, because it is more recording centric, like her feeling of going to live pop shows and feeling like you're just hearing a slightly worse version well, yeah, of a studio I mean, if didn't, recording. If you didn't grow up like around like rock and roll music and you know like what live instrument you have to make that sound on stage whereas like pop music now you like I understand like sometimes you're just pressing a button. Right. Um, I think it's just so interesting because like I think uh, we're, we're kind of coming out of this trend where maybe like four or five years ago it was very popular to just have like one DJ on stage, you know, that was maybe kind of like, like there are a lot of awesome DJs that are doing like the, a lot of artistic, like yeah. talented, skilled things, but there are people that pre-record their sets and kind of just hit yeah. play. Yeah, oh my God, and it's so hard for so many kinds of music to like translate what you yeah. do to something live. Yes, yeah. but I, I think it's so beautiful, like 
live music shouldn't exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? But it does because there's something magical about like seeing people interact and there's that kind of like transcendent joy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when people are in a room together, you can do different things than you can do on an album. And when you're in the studio, like, like it's crazy because there's such similar art forms from far away but like the more you get right. into it you know like there's the nuances that exactly like the new fleet foxes record for example yeah there's all these uh parts on it where like robin pecknold like goes from like this really low voice he's like i am hardly made of steel yeah. and then like the whole band will come in and be like tell me are you so concealed yeah. and it's sa- it's like a so much a studio album you yeah. know but it doesn't yeah. sound like oh I I can't pull this off, so I'm gonna do some tricks in the studio or something like mm-hmm. to to circumnavigate my talent. It sounds mm-hmm. like people like the art of recording, you know, yeah. like you're leaning into the mechanics of that medium. Yeah. But I also like know that he's such a cool artist that I'm sure when they perform that live, they either find like a more interesting way around it that mm-hmm. works live or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think the more you get into like funk music and like uh, dance music and and Latin music, like and and you go see it living and breathing you're Mm -hmm. like oh fuck yeah this is sick yeah no there are definitely certain genres that are like different live and for me like i i feel like i'm kind of annoyingly picky about what i like to see live right and not that i don't respect like i respect every i'll see a show yeah because some people are just chasing their record and like yeah not really great performers yeah and it's also hard like from like our perspective, like we're we're in this very like low budget DIY stage of being a musician. Punk rock. Yeah, and it's like, how can I make a live show like yeah, dope? Like, and you have to think of like yes. all these like little things for that. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, yeah, certain genres of music when they're live, yeah, it could be anything. Like for me, I very selective about everything I, I see live, but I will always be down to see like. Uh, punk or rock yeah kind of show like that's yeah. a vibe that i'm always down yeah. for to go see well, it's so interesting because like you'll see like a lot of like pitchfork articles of people being like oh guitar music is dead or like dumb stuff like I that, hate that. I well it's, hate it's just it. it's simply false even if it is like slightly less out of fashion it's like think about the trombone like the trombone's maybe the least popular <laughs> instrument right now and there's still people Dude, that right? fucking live and die by the trombone and there's yeah. still awesome trombone music out there no, you know exactly I, well i don't know why people have this like sort of obsession with like begin like harsh ends and beginnings of trends yeah where it's like guitar music's dead it's yeah. gone it's never coming back yeah, it's like, why are you, like, just And it's like, the guitar is such a versatile instrument, too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, if you record it, like, dry in, like, this one way. It's like, but that's yeah. not what, like, recording music is about. Yeah. Like, okay, write the song on the guitar. And then when you do it, like, yes. what's the guitar going to sound like? Yeah. How are you going to record it to sound super dope? Yeah. Like, same thing as, like, how am I going to program this synth? Yeah. It's the same exact thing. You're totally. just It's manipulation of sound yeah. it's, still, it's still creative and like violins have been around for hundreds of years and we're still but you know what doesn't violin. need to come back what's that i'm fr- the harpsichord <laughs> <laughs> harpsichord is harpsichord is so weird because i didn't know this about it until recently but there's no dynamics because it's like yep. a plucked string yep. you just the hit it and it's the same level, volume it's the same Lapis. Imagine like when the piano came out, like because originally it was called the pianoforte, which just means soft loud, <laughs> <laughs> because it has the hammers that hit the strings. Yeah. Like you could then be quiet and then do loud stuff. Like that must have just like changed the fucking game. 
because think about how important dynamics are yeah. to music and oh, have yeah. something that is the same like just constant <laughs> i love that that's like that's i could totally hear the harpsichord doing that, that. <laughs> but there is well harpsichord i don't know a lot of things about like differences in certain specialty instruments like a harpsichord oh, harpsichord is different than a harmonium yeah is a harmonium still like harmoniums are fucking cool Harmoniums are basically like half accordions, half pianos. You oh, know? Okay. So there is like some air thing fa- passing through it. There's a really cool artist that Jeff Buckley was super <laughs> inspired by. Yeah. Named Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. Wow, and that's like good, good for you for mastering that name. <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive. Well, on his live record, he has this whole thing where somebody asks him to, to play an, a Nusrat song, but they say Nusrat, and then he like corrects them on their pronunciation. Oh, okay. And so, and I'm just like, like I'll a never mess that up big again. old Jeff Buckley fan. Yeah, um, of course you are. But there's this. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a you know, sensitive boy, <laughs> sensitive romantic boy. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many, there's so many uh, irons in the fire right now. I love it. Um, but basically, like, there's this music for. I think it's from Pakistan, and and it's like basically like twelve incredible singers like kind of sitting in a semicircle, and they'll have like guitars or harmoniums, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're djembes or different kinds of drums, and yeah, basically it's like. Uh, Picture like a little piano. I actually got to play harmonium on, on uh, an EP I did with Alex Pacino mm. um, on the song "Ashes on the Bridge" in the in the in the bridge of that song, mm-hmm. coincidentally. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. um, so it's like a piano, but the back of it is like uh, it like folds out like a accordion, yeah. and then you, so you like play a chord, Whoa. and then you have pedals with your feet, and that you have to, really hard to you play. have to pedal it, and like yeah, I mean I Who barely played it. It was Alex? at New Monkey Studios where we oh, okay. got to do it. Um, That's which, sick. So yeah. I was going to say, I hate the harpsichord, but... <laughs> I love that. I love that you hate the harpsichord. <laughs> Death to harpsichords. Oh, cute things about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but George Martin had the most awesome harmonium solo. Yeah. In um, the Beatles song. And that I love. Yeah. So I'm like, I hate the harpsichord, but... I harmonium. love George, Martin, George Martin's harmonium. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Going back to what you said about live music, like yeah. I also think it is beautiful like when you have bands like Wilco, where if you listen to mm-hmm. like their live album, Kicking Television, mm-hmm. um, just to hear that like, yeah, a record is, is truly that. It's a, it's a document of where that song was at that time. But as these people grow as musicians and as a band and as the arrangement continues to develop, mm-hmm. This the song develops and then so you hear like a live version where you're like oh my god yeah. that song has grown up and changed Dude, yeah you know I mean that's how like the album that I released a couple months ago yes was, like I want to talk about that so yeah. much what's it called Nightmares and Daydreams yes where can people find it uh, everywhere Fuck iTunes yeah. Spotify YouTube Apple Music Amazon the Fuck list goes yeah. on and on please okay I want to please continue your point but I want to talk about your album yes. so much I was gonna say like that's how my songs like became what they were was practicing them live yeah, with the band totally because it was i've never i've never played with a band before this year like ever whoa um what was that like it was awesome i would did yeah. it and i was like how have i been missing out on this my whole life like how did you f- find the people well my producer slash bff slash musical soulmate zach mcdermott yes such a lovely boy. God, he's the be- he's like the best human to ever exist. I cherish him. I'm a fan of him. Yes, he's great. He's also 
an amazing songwriter. I don't know if you've heard his stuff that I he's haven't. written himself. No. He's such a good songwriter. Oh, wow. So amazing. Not just a talented producer, and he produces everything. I mostly know him as a bass player, and he's a very good oh bass player. Oh, my God. Player. He does everything. Yeah. He plays bass. He plays guitar. He's a producer. He's a songwriter. Mixing. Mastering. Yeah. He's Shout out to king Zach. Of, king of the world, Zach Winter. <laughs> yeah. Where is Zach? He's in Orange County, actually. Um. What was I saying? So Zach, I brought all my songs to Zach because I played them on guitar and just me and my guitar. And I was like, well, I want to make this like a full band thing. And he has a bunch of experience with that. And there's no one on this planet that I would trust more with my songs and my vision than him. So, mm. yeah. So he took them and made full band arrangements just on like the computer, just on Logic. Like without live recording anything, just kind of sketching out. Yeah, the like demo a blueprint. Yeah. Um. So fake drums and just like di simple uh, guitar and bass stuff, and then we took those and we mm. gave them to the band. And I got my one guitarist, Tom. Um, we met through like some music stuff, and he. he was just the funniest guy to me like he would like i think he was i don't want to like say this in like a self-flattering way but i think he was very keen to be my friend yeah like he like he definitely was like i love that it'll be like yeah hang out with me like yes dude yeah so he was like that and he played guitar and a lot of times i feel like i'm usually that person to other people where i'm like seeking them out i'm like like, you i will be your friend here i am (laughs) i messaged you like mackin i want to like talk to you yeah (laughs) so i'm very flattered yeah because you're great thank you please continue um do you know tom rubio by the way do i know tom rubio he Mm -hmm. yeah he's not a music student but he's in the music then i'll never talk to him (laughs) a civilian no (laughs) i'm just joking um (laughs) I don't think that I know him, no. Uh, maybe well, if I saw his face. We were hanging out in like groups of people. Like, we were starting to become friends, and he would bring a guitar, and then we just started like singing together. Like We had the same a similar taste in music, and we would just be hanging out with people, like, having a good time, and he'd whip out the guitar and be like, hey, let's sing this song. And I'd be like, yeah. yeah. So we just had fun singing together, and before I even knew about the album or anything, I was like, like he, I think we were joking. Like he was like, "I want to be your guitarist," and I was like, "I would yeah. love you to be my guitarist." And then when I finally was putting the uh, album and the band together, I was like, ah, "I ah. want you to play with me." And he was so excited. And then I got my other guitarist, Trey. I know Trey. I Trey. took a songwriting class with Trey. God, yeah. Trey, another another beautiful soul, amazing human yeah. that I love. Um, I had a bunch of mutual friends with him, so I knew him, and I knew he played guitar. And when I asked my roommate, Megan, um, like, I'm trying to put a band together. Who would you recommend to, like, help play guitar? And she was like, dude, I think Trey, like, would be perfect. Because I didn't, wasn't familiar with, like, the kind of style he did or right. what his sound was. And I was like, well, if you suggest Trey, like, I trust you completely. Right. So I sat down and I talked to him about it. And I told him, like, this is what I want it to sound like. This is the vibe. I played him some songs. And he was, like, so into it. Yeah. He was like, because I told him you know, the influences and he was like, uh, like what part of it is like Alanis Morissette. And he's like, I grew up on that. Like, I love that. Um, And we had a bunch of the same love for the similar bands. And he was like, I want to be a part of this album. And I think I can do it perfectly. And he did. He knocked it out of the park. That's awesome. Um, And then Zach was on bass. And then we actually had James Prinzi play drums on the record. Oh, nice. And he killed it because he's he's legit. He's got some gut busting chops on that instrument. So 
he he did that and then we all got in the room together um uh well actually no i should say tom didn't start playing with me until we started playing shows we for the record we started playing with pat rector yeah and he offered so many beautiful creative unique ideas for certain guitar parts yeah and so it was us that started um the lot what was what was going to be the so we zach would play the demos that he made and we would then practice them with the band live and be like okay so what else do we want to do right and so many key parts of the record were just they took shape once you guys got mm-hmm. human beings was in the like, room what if we did this here? yeah you know just feeling out the vibe of what it feels like to play yes and everybody in the same and that's room. one thing that i think is so important these days and i feel like one of the critiques of music makers of our generation is like oh it's all these fucking kids alone in their bedrooms and it's like mm-hmm. what about people man mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like I-, I personally am a fan of the bedroom laptop production world mm-hmm. because it is a precious private thing yeah and like you can do when you don't have like studio time like to worry about you can like explore and and do cool and interesting things i think it's just an additional avenue mm-hmm. but obviously like i think one thing that maybe like that criticism might be accurate to some degree cuz some people totally miss out on the uh just the beautiful experience of like exactly. <laughs> playing music with other human and beings and that's what i was missing out on like my whole life i was that like bedroom song and i think that's and that's great it's very reflective of my songs like yes. the songwriting and like yeah. the song itself yeah and then the sound of it the production the arrangement is very much like that additional right. like because i love like elliot smith you know what i'm saying and those records are yeah. very much like of his mind you know? yeah dude but then that's, you also it's just so intimate yeah. you know to be like hello <laughs> duh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also like um, sometimes arrangements like if especially if it's all in your head and then going to a computer like there are certain things that once you just get a, a human being on an instrument there and they just kind of put themselves into it naturally like oh yeah of course that's what the part should be yeah and sometimes if things come straight from your head onto a piece of paper or a hard drive or something mm-hmm. they can lose a little bit of humanity or something yeah. um, and so I think it's always fascinating like because i'm someone who plays like i do like solo stuff just myself and then like i have a band and it's just like endlessly fascinating me like kind of comparing and contrasting the experiences you know yeah no i think we both can like relate on that kindred spirits is where we're the songwriters alone and yes writing with ourselves beautiful kind of being like the the nomad and Mm -hmm. and especially if you're in a nice space like being able to get that intimate and that vulnerable Mm -hmm. And that personal, like yeah. that is unparalleled. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, I hear that in your songs. Thank definitely. You. Like I remember <laughs> <laughs> the first time I heard you play live, I think was we actually played a show together. Nature's Brew? At Nature's Brew. Nature's yeah. Brew. And also I just applied to Nature's Brew. Really? Uh, so please hire me if you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's good. Hire this guy. Yeah. He's a people person. Um uh, Nature's Brew. And I saw you play it for the first time. And your, I was just really struck by like your lyrics and Thank the you. way you performed them. <laughs> I was like, this guy really means what he's saying. Like, and it comes from a place that he just dug deep and like reached out this, the most inner truth he had. And oh, he I tricked you. Threw it I've never song. felt sadness or heartbreak, actually. Oh, no. It's all an act. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. He's... No, thank you for saying that. <laughs> no, I don't want to uh, dismiss your compliment. It's very yeah. kind of you. You're welcome, Mackin. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that it's, that it's also like so fun to go to a band and, and get this kind of transcendent joy thing where 
everybody's you know putting their color of play-doh in the middle and then you mishmash mm-hmm. it together and then it's just like a weird brown that's oh my nobody's God, dude, color yeah <laughs> like i love the little pieces of like my record that came together um with like moments like that yeah um i think the best story that i have from that was when we were playing the last song on the record which is the longest song mm-hmm. and probably the most dynamic like there's a lot of chapters to it it's yes. called if you knew me well and there is this end part where you just repeat the chorus over and yeah. over again. And we're playing it in, with the band. And I forget if we were playing with James or Jaron, because we use Jaron a lot too. Um, Another great drummer. Yeah. But we were jamming to If You Knew Me Well, and we were all feeling it. Like it was one of those, like, not just like a rehearsal, like we were in it. Like, yes. Yeah. And we're and singing along, and then Trey comes out with this lead on his guitar that is the coolest, like most beautiful, expressive thing yes. I've ever heard. And we we all we didn't say anything; we just kept going. And then we finished, and we were all like, "What was that?" And he was yeah. like, "Dude, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt right." <laughs> Those are the greatest moments. Yeah. And that's why it's so great playing with other people is because these things happen that you can't plan. Yeah. Something that I think was really beautiful, especially about that, is I talked to Trey after the record was over and he was telling me a little bit like about the songs that like spoke to him and like his own experiences, which he'd never talked to me about before. And I kind of understood why he completed the record the way that he did because he and I were coming from such a similar place emotionally and it was, and he was just like, I had like my version of like the same thing. And I was like, Oh my God, like I was fucking rad. Soulmates. Yeah. And that, that's just like so beautiful. Cause I've had that experience too, where you, you you take these incredibly personal private things Mm -hmm. and you allow other people in and you allow them to put themselves into it. And like, um, it just, uh, because I think it's, I don't know if it's an American thing or whatever, but I, there definitely is this like, I gotta do everything myself, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. But then like when you allow other people in and, and, and just to see like yeah. where it goes from there, it's, I think that it's very was, special. Like, one of the biggest things that I learned, I was like, I guess, resistant to like doing it with other people because totally. I wasn't comfortable with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and I felt, and, and this is a very just like young kind of like immature like thought process because you're, you're self-conscious about your work and you're like if i need help that means i'm not good enough right that is so false (laughs) it's the most false thing ever but then there are other people like kevin parker that are like and i'm sure he has his people that do his things but you know there's Mm -hmm. the kevin parkers and princes of the world that are clearly like oh this guy really has to drive the boat yeah yeah no exactly (laughs) i'm glad that he does yeah it's like a unified everyone is so different about the way that they like create their art and i definitely have to be alone for for my for because i write with and for other people too yeah but everything that's mine i have to do that like super alone like yes i have to be very Me by too. myself <laughs> i really can't write lyrics in front of other people like it's yeah. very and it's strange because it, that's so private and then and then you perform it exactly and then at the end of the day i'm like begging strangers to give me money for it yeah, <laughs> but at like, the beginning of the process i'm like thoughts. i'm like no it's private buy it for ten dollars yeah <laughs> yeah buy my tragedy <laughs> Yeah, listen, listen to my secrets. Buy that my I wouldn't tears. Let you look at. That's literally what we're doing. Yeah, buy my tears.com. Yeah. 
buymytears.com. We could buy that domain yeah. name right now. Yeah. Set up a website, create our sad boy, sad girl yeah. music club. I think one of the also most beautiful things about letting other people in is that because we're often our own worst critics, like mm-hmm. if I do something that is entirely me, I'm just kind of constantly analyzing and going like, I could have done that better. Damn. And like, it's so much easier when someone else is involved to just be excited about it and just like seeing how genuinely proud of your album you are is beautiful because you can be like, oh, fucking Trey, play this awesome solo and I love it. You know what I'm saying? And like for me as a very self-deprecating person, it's harder for me to be like, oh yeah, dude, I freaking killed it on this track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, check out my vocal. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But I, when you have your friends, you can just be like, dude, I just, I love what my friends do, you know? And yeah. It's all, it takes, it definitely takes like a lot of like comfort yeah. in your own work to, yeah. to be able to like allow others in yeah have like that be like because like honestly that part of the record is my favorite part and it's the part that i think involved the most people because it was he played that part but then there's like gang vocals in the back yeah and that was like super magical and it was i think that was why i think it meant that much to me because like i worked with a very small but dedicated team yeah on the record and to hear the very last song and the very last minute of that song and to really hear and feel what all these people did like for my song. It was like I yeah. wrote this and it started out as this little tiny acoustic seed of yes. a song. It was a dream. And yes. <laughs> and it blossomed into this thing and it's just like, oh my God, the first time I heard it, it was not totally done. It was like when Zach was working on like the mix of yeah. the the gang vocals at the end um and he like rented out this studio and i was meeting him there and i was running late so he was already already started and i walked in on him mixing these gang vocals in the song which i hadn't heard yet i had just heard the instrument and i'm listening to it and he's just like casually mixing it like he'd been working on it for a while and i was sitting there and i was like honestly like fighting tears a little bit yes i was just like yeah and still, Fuck when I yeah. hear that, I have that, like, same feeling where it's just like, oh, my God, all you people, like, cared enough to, like, do this. And, like, so much love was just put into the record. Dude. Yes! Like, it's so awesome. That's fucking rad, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy with yeah. it. I'm, I'm proud of it. Will you take me kind of through your, like, musical upbringing? And, like, did that have a place in your heart? Like, was that kind of intertwined with skateboarding and that whole scene? Like, did you have people that you hung out with, like, in... Well, actually, Music and skating. that part, I didn't start skating until I moved to L.A. Heck yeah. Because I lived in the mountains. I lived in, like, redwood trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't really skate in redwood trees. This is true. But I always really loved it, and I was so right. jealous. Like, when I was younger, my brother kind of, my brother's always been kind of, like, a really cool big brother to me. And, like, yeah. I always, like, thought whatever he did was cool. Yeah. So. Is he your only sibling? He what? Is he your only sibling? Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, so he has some age where, you know, he's like a nine year old boy and he's yeah. like skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. So he, we rented at Hollywood video. Yeah. Um, back when you rented videotapes, um, some skate, uh, I don't even think it was like a demo skate tapes. It was like all people like really bad, uh, falls. Yeah. Um, and I, I would watch those with him and <laughs> I thought they were so cool. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this thing. Like, this is so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, and then when I came to LA, then I started skating and I'm still not good. Cause I don't have a time of day to just 
Like when you're young, that's when you should do skateboarding because you have no responsibilities. You can go out all day and just practice. And And your muscles are learning how to form and form on in that context. You're building yourself like around it. And now like I'm already built. Not really. I'm always growing. (laughs) (laughs) But like I have to like say, oh, well, I have time to go skating on Friday. So then like I skate for a few hours on Friday and I can't ever really get that much better because I'm not going skating on Saturday too. Yes. Like I'm not skating until next Thursday. Yeah. So totally. Anyway, with music, um, it really, it wasn't like super involved as like my musical identity, but I think a lot of my musical identity comes from, and I actually wouldn't have thought about this, but I was talking with my guitar teacher, um, in high school who was very much like a mentor to me and he said this to me and I was like dude you're right (laughs) (laughs) like that's it I always wondered because like my songs have a lot of angst to them yes like there is there is some like anger yeah in there and what a beautiful place for that anger where like for that anger to live you know and like what you were saying about earlier like when the song started as a seed and then grew into this Mm -hmm. thing like spiritually like i think that's like one of the most beautiful parts of songwriting and music Mm -hmm. is like you can take you know shit that the universe throws at you and like pain and experience and 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 also just all dimensions of life you like you can take things that are thrown at you Mm -hmm. feel them interpret them and then like spin them into it becomes a thing yeah and so like when i am playing like uh there, there have been a couple shows where i've been like playing with my band and like there's a song that people know the lyrics to and they're like singing along and i'm like wow, look at this cool moment of like everybody's hanging out and it started as this like really dark, painful thing that yeah. happened in my life and like because of art, it was transformed into this. It became joy for somebody else. Exactly. And that's like, that is always like the I fact that, that pain can become like mutual catharsis is to me just like so special. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's like, I mean, I guess my goal like with my music is for me to like take whatever pain that I have and be like constructively like how can I use this and it's never for like making me a better person it's right. always about like how can i use this to like comfort and mean something to somebody else yeah and what a beautiful way to make your way through the universe you know because there's so many other uh responses to pain like letting it harden your heart or letting it like make you bitter or, or shut off to the universe yeah you know? but to flip to flip yeah. the switch and to make you yeah. put well, yourself I have a out lot of, there I have cool. a lot of thoughts on it I've like dealt with a lot of different kinds of like pain in my life like I also really like heavy and like dark pain and I think I have never really been there was a moment where I decided I wasn't gonna be like afraid of it yeah um and I was gonna be I guess more inquisitive because and I think that's the biggest problem that people have with whatever they're struggling with is their resistance to it yeah um and you know you really feel that it's like you you feel uh anxious about something and you don't know what that is and then you're sitting there like god i feel like uncomfortable and crappy yeah and you're like i don't want to feel uncomfortable crappy and then you get mad that you're uncomfortable and crappy. Yes. And then meta feelings. All these it's just a freaking cycle of like really bad feelings. Yes. So and you try to distract yourself from it. And there are so many ways nowadays to yeah. avoid sitting People still. People don't want to feel pain. Yeah. Netflix, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Instant cue. Yeah, and there's like there's the the you just it's something you got to just honor because you can't 
you can't control it. You can control what you do with it. Yeah. And you can control like how you, sometimes you can control how you respond to it. A lot of times when I get like really upset, it's like, I, I feel like I, I have to accept that there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I like that. And that's the biggest lesson to learn. I think about like any kind of like, um, negative feelings is learning how to sit with it. Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable, but yeah. man, when you, when you master that, like that makes you so much of a stronger person, dude. And it's like something that, you know, it's, just, it's not one decision that you have to make one time. It's a decision you have to make every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that same girlfriend actually that, uh, didn't believe in live music (laughs) (laughs) Um, was also had this beautiful expression that I think she got from Buddhism or something, but just saying like, yeah, to, to break bread with your demons and and to like make offerings and and approach them with love. And like you were saying, like a a sense of inquisitive, inquisitiveness and curiosity. It means so much. Cause like when you allow yourself to like really like think about it, like you can kind of like point out, like holes in your own arguments, I guess that yeah. you make towards yourself. Um, where I remember there was this one day in particular that I was feeling like really, really bad. And I was trying to like do think- things to fix it. Cause like, that's what I believe is like, if you feel bad, like give- show yourself love Yeah, and uh, try to make yourself feel better like that. Totally. Cause you can go the other way and you yeah. can like indulge in your pain and get so, so attached to the narrative and like, Dude, yeah romanticize it yeah totally. i definitely do that too <laughs> yeah totally. as a songwriter and oh, yeah. creative person i really do like romanticizing pain a lot it, because of the myth of the tortured artist and like yeah. so it's tricky to be like There's... oh am i being compassionate towards myself or am yeah. i like just allowing myself to marinate in this pain yeah there's a huge fine line that I struggle with, everyone struggles with, yeah. between how much am I supposed to allow myself to feel and at what point is that like me being over dramatic and too much. Yeah. And it always helps me to like externalize it and yeah. imagine like myself as a, like one of my friends or something and be like, what if my friend was going through this situation? What kind of compassion would I show them? Mm-hmm. Maybe like what it, could I try to show that same compassion myself, you know? Dude. And yeah. like if I had a broken leg, would I be like, God, get over your fucking broken leg, you fucking pussy like <laughs> dude yeah like no dude like don't walk today like chill out <laughs> exactly that i'm so glad that you you do that because that is like i try to yeah. when i do it's helpful i still a lot of times am walking around just beating myself up that's, all the time uh, yeah and that's what like it just feels better to like feel like nice to yourself and like you know there was there was a period of a long period of my life where i really like found joy and like not being nice to myself. Yeah. Um, there was, and, th- and there is something that's very like, I think about like anger and like that kind of pain that right. you like manifest towards yourself in a weird, sick way. So that can feel good sometimes. Oh yeah. Like emotional masochism. And like, yeah. I think there's this illusion that if we're like whipping ourselves like emotionally or spiritually, that we're somehow like, motivating ourselves or something like tough love on ourselves or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm actually reading this book right now called literally just called self-compassion yeah. how to stop beating yourself up <laughs> oh my god i love it yeah and it just talks about like when you're doing that what you're doing is creating this sense of separation between you and everything else and creating the sense of isolation mm-hmm. and that it actually if your goal is to grow and improve is actually like deters you from that Dude, yeah. and if you try to approach yourself with compassion and be like I'm going to let this pain be the thing that actually connects me to other people because 
other people feel this kind of pain too yeah. and approach it from a sense of unity and togetherness like it's so easy to just feel like no one does or has ever felt this way yes <laughs> totally and that's <laughs> the root of so many like sadness like so easily gets compounded when you feel alone, you know? And that's yeah. why it's so cathartic to listen to Sufjan Stevens yeah. and be like, me too. <laughs> oh my God. Me too, so Sufjan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, no. Because that's, like, that's the antidote to darkness in a lot of ways is is compassion and, and me too, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I still have this terrible habit subconsciously of like isolating myself when yeah. I feel bad. And me I too. literally had this epiphany the other day while I was sitting in a movie theater watching Planet of the Apes. Um <laughs> <laughs> The best place for spiritual epiphanies. Not sure what triggered this, but I had been out of having like a rough week. Um, yeah. And um, I don't even know like how it happened, but I was just thinking about, I was being very negative, like in my head. I was not focused on Planet of the Apes, <laughs> um, which is, I mean, they're all speaking monkey to each other. Like <laughs> it's really easy to zone out. Um, like they're literally, if you're not watching the screen, it's just... <gasps> Are there like subtitles? <laughs> With subtitles. <laughs> I hope that triggers spiritual epiphanies for everyone listening. Oh my god, can you imagine there weren't subtitles? You just don't figure out their context. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't that seen those That guy's mad at that guy. <laughs> Please continue. I keep interrupting you. No, it's funny. Please continue. You're um, having a rough week. You're watching Planet of the Apes. You're like... Yeah, and I was thinking, I was like... Um, thinking about i guess how i felt like other people like i would definitely was not taking responsibility for my own emotions i was like why don't other people care and then i was like hannah you're literally like cutting them off like you're not letting them care like you're very much being like thinking about like oh mackens over here and um, I'm sad in my own head and I'm not going to tell him about it and he's not going to know that I'm sad. And so he's not going to, you know, give me some hug or feed me cookies and take care of me. He's going to act like a normal person. And I'm going to be like, why is Mackin just only giving a shit about himself? Like, and then I, so I had this epi- epiphany. Spoiler alert, Mackin's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> no, but, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I had that epiphany where I was like, "Oh my god, you've been doing this for a really long time." Like, yeah, making the way that other people act about me because of what's going on with me, right? Which is, so we we learn these things like constantly, like yeah, like you like you said, every day you have to like remind yourself to like embrace like whatever emotions you're feeling and you're, like not being afraid of them because like even though I know that's best. Sometimes I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tricky because like, I still don't know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert. I've taken multiple personality tests online and gotten mixed results. Yo, I'm all about gray areas. Exactly. So. (laughs) (laughs) As, as one should be. And that's righteous. Um, yo, but like, so it's a hard thing because like my sophomore year of college, I lived with roommates and I, we just had different lifestyles and, Mm -hmm. I didn't have uh, any alone time. Mm-hmm. And so I was walking around very emotionally raw and because mm-hmm. I had no time to process something. And I would just have no idea of all this baggage I was carrying around. And then I would just like close the door on my car and my internal body would recognize that I was alone and I would just mm-hmm. start bawling, you know, yeah. and just like had all this all the time. And yeah. it was terrible. 
And so I was dying for some alone time. Mm -hmm. And then, and then like, so that's like one end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then this year I decided to live alone, Mm -hmm. um, as a reaction to that. All yours? Was. Was. (laughs) It's well, me and the cockroaches now. (laughs) So I have some roommates. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, the fam. (laughs) Um, I fell to the other side of isolation, you know what I'm saying? Where I would just come home like directly after class and just be like, oh no, like, you know, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to burden anyone with my problems. And Mm -hmm. then like, it's just like falling into isolation, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. and compounding my feelings by not reaching out, you know? Yeah. And so it's such a tough balance between like, (sighs) when do I need a break from the world? And when am I keeping myself, uh, hold up and amplifying my problems, you know? Yeah. Everything, everything is like such a fine line when it comes to emotions. It's yeah. like, and at the end of the day, you just got to like, like you said about you're not just an introvert or an extrovert is like, you don't have to do something like one certain way. Yeah. Um, and emotions are fluid and <laughs> transient and call for certain things. And it's just, a, it's a skill to get familiar with what you need. Yeah um yes in a certain moment because, and then that and that can change yeah you know? he's like sometime i was like not every time when i'm sad do i need to like eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but that's something that makes me feel better but yes. I, I love peanut butter and jelly <laughs> yes yesterday uh, i was feeling very sad and tired and i couldn't get out of bed and i was too tired to be awake but i wasn't mm-hmm. tired enough to go back to sleep so yeah. i like <laughs> I, I went and got chicken and waffles and I was like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then it just made me feel physically like so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, just going to say like, yeah. <laughs> I, in a very non-judgmental way, it's like sometimes you want to do things like that. You want to indulge. Yeah. Um, but then like physically it makes you feel bad. I, I do. I definitely find when I'm in those moods of like too tired to be awake, too awake to be asleep. Yeah wanting nothing yes um and wanting to be nowhere um Mm. that i do i do something that's just like very like connecting with myself yes so like for i don't know what that would look like for you but like for me i have this like i make myself do something because if i listen to what i want to do like i like that's not going to be right like if i'm like i don't want to do anything so i'm just gonna sit here and i'm gonna watch tv yes because that's the easy thing to do it is because it requires no emotional energy mm-hmm. and i was i was thinking about this so much the other day because i i don't know if tv actually reduces any of my anxiety i think it just mm-hmm. kind of like pushes it around the plate you mm-hmm. know and like you know when you're a kid and you like don't want to eat all your vegetables or whatever mm-hmm. and you just yeah, push like, them and it's like look look i, I ate it all i, ate it. I, made I think that's kind of what tv does to my anxiety it's like look it's gone and i'm yeah. like no it's not <laughs> Dude, yeah tv definitely does not relieve any anxiety unless I've yeah. already like had an anxiety attack. Yes. Like I have to be recovering from the breakdown oh, yeah. to be enjoying the TV. If it's building in me and I'm watching, yeah. you want to know something? I had a panic attack the other day in the yeah. middle of survivor man. Oh man. <laughs> was it like, brought on by survivor man? No, but like it was like building up throughout the day and like you, the TV yeah. is like, you're just pushing it around and I'm like, you're going to feel fine. You're going to watch Survivor Man. You're going to hang out on the couch and you're going to feel fine yeah. and everything's going to be okay. And then I'm watching Survivor Man and then I just start bawling. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Lifties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Can't but sometimes you need that. You know, it's tricky because yeah. there are certain times where I'm like trying to be like an emotional perfectionist or something and I'll be like, 
trying to relax, and then like I'll be like, "You need to relax yeah. more efficiently, Mackin. You need to be reading a book." And right? I'm like, "That's this is why are you trying to relax? Good. I like the whole point of relaxing is to relax, man. Yeah, you need to do this to relax. I do that with myself like a little yeah. too much. But it's tricky because like this is something I heard on a podcast the other day. It's mm-hmm. like thought rarely inspires new thought, mm-hmm. but action. Or like thought doesn't always lead to new actions, mm-hmm. but actions always lead to new thoughts, you know? Yeah. And I was reading this self-help book for, for young women. It's called Super You. It's written by, written by Emily V. Gordon, who co-wrote a movie with her husband called The Big Sick that's great. Oh, and she sweet. has this great self-help book, and it's technically for young women, but what is gender? Whatever, yeah. Um, helped me a lot. Yeah, gray areas, <laughs> exactly. It's just the pronouns in the book. It's all yeah. useful information. Yeah. And she was talking about um, just like how thought yeah, how sometimes like mood follows action mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk when I feel like it. Yeah. Sometimes if you make yourself go for a walk, you'll then find yourself in the mindset afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so it's tricky sometimes to know where you're like, okay, do I do what I want to do right now? Because yeah. sometimes, yeah, you fucking watch a movie with your friends and you're like, oh my God, that was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. I just needed to get tacos with my friend and like talk about some shit. Yeah, it was I great. Think, I think but honestly, sometimes it's like, I got to go to the gym and then you go to the gym and then you're... But, and sometimes yeah. you're like, just go to the gym and you're just beating yourself up. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and I've learned like whatever, just to trust your feelings more than your thoughts. Um, mm, retweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, if it doesn't feel good, do not keep doing that thing. Yeah. Um, which I've learned a lot. Like over the past few months, I've really dedicated a lot of my life to um practicing self-love yes yeah because i uh i I actually had that was my um what do you call it new year's resolution yeah was i was like on this hike with my friends and we're in like a linear like line so we're not really like talking and we're in this like big one of them linear lines the linear lines one of them reading you know one one of the learning books in a linear line i'm bad at (laughs) speaking i'm just i only write song i (laughs) I write song. I know speak. <laughs> Sorry. You're, um, you're on this hike. So basically it was a very like isolated kind of thing because we're not talking. Right. Like yeah. we're just in this line and we're having like our own experience. Yeah. And here I am in this beautiful forest, like no one else other than my closest friends. Mm. And here I am living in my head, getting really mad at myself mm-hmm. for not enjoying myself. Right. What a weird twisted up thought is that? Yeah. You are thinking, like you're doing that to yourself, Hannah. Like you're yeah. saying, hey, you're not having a good time because you're saying it like yeah. in your head. You're Putting thinking. pressure on yourself. Like, well, I, I'm not enjoying myself. I'm not laughing. Um, I'm not talking to my friends. I'm walking in the forest and like. As opposed to like meeting yourself where you're at and being like, oh, I guess like this is uh, a stressful time for me. Or, <laughs> you know? or just like not even like thinking like at all like enjoying yeah. the freaking forest around yourself so rather than like not being present and thinking mm. about something else that's like my I've, probably for a lot of people but my biggest um like factor of what like drives me to these places is not being present and like yeah. allowing my brain to tell myself an alternate reality right and living in that reality yes so i'm walking with my friends in this forest and it's beautiful and i'm like <laughs> You suck. <laughs> yeah. You're a bad person. Right. And I just had a moment um, where I was like, 
You're watching Planet of the Apes on your phone also because yep. it's the only way you can have spiritual fifties. We're watching Planet of the kidding. Apes. Sorry. Please get, I need to put the <laughs> microphone down so I stop fucking interrupting you. You're fine. Look at that. That's a fun device. Um uh now you gave me the microphone back to speak and I lost my train of thought. I'm walking in the forest, we're watching we're not watching Planet of the Apes. No, yeah, you're telling yourself you suck. I was telling myself I was like, and then moment. I just had, I guess, another epiphany where I was like, you from this moment, from like right now, are gonna stop saying anything that is not nice to yourself. Yeah! <laughs> I was like, anytime that you say like you're being weird, it's like no, you're t- being a human being. Like you are totally fine, and start focusing on like maybe not how you are, but like what you need, or the good. Just being more positive, like focusing on like the great things, and then ultimately not thinking at all because you're in the forest with your friends and you should be looking at this beautiful thing around you and not thinking about how you feel because like that's not how you feel that's what you're thinking boom fucking beautiful mic drop. boom mic drop podcast out yeah i'm done bye <laughs> but yeah <laughs> I never so, talk to you again. so since then i have been very like in the self-love trend yeah that was just this um what do you call it New Year's. This past New Year's. That's beautiful. 2017. You're a wise creature. Okay. And, and I often, when I'm not self-love, when I'm self-hating and stuff, mm-hmm. I think there's this illusion that if I fall into the, what I see as like a potential trap of self-love, that I'll become complacent or something like that and I'll mm-hmm. stop growing and I'll just like indulge and, and just like be like needy and whiny and victimy mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's such a goddamn lie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, dude. It's actually the opposite. It's so much more conducive to growth and progress than, uh, you know, constantly shitting on myself. Yeah. And for me, like self-love. Physically shitting on myself. I have a horrible problem, Hannah, with my bowels. (laughs) Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) You have quite the laugh, my friend. That's amazing. I'm sure that. Thank you. I'm sure that Irish. It gets me into trouble sometimes (laughs) because I. It was interesting. I was watching TJ Miller has a great new stand-up special on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> he was Happy, t- I may have seen it. I watch great. a lot of those. I like yeah. almost every one of them. And so um, he was telling me about, he's like, he's like, it's so fucked up when you tell people that their laugh is weird. Cause it's like, Hey, you know that, uh, that one time when you're, when you're making the sound of, of pure joy and for <laughs> a second, like the true crushing weight of our, you know, ephemeral existence is, is gone and <laughs> you're just experiencing pure levity <laughs> and yeah. the fear of death is removed from existence. Yeah. You're an idiot when you, when yeah, that I hate that. <laughs> that, that gives me the opposite. Feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I, I was with my, uh, friend, um, friend and professor, uh, mm-hmm. cat, you know, capital. Have you heard of Capital? I've heard of him, yeah. Anyways, he was on this podcast. He's a wonderful, wonderful, awesome person. And I had a guitar lesson once with him. Mm-hmm. And he started making some joke. We were like trying to learn a Steely Dan song. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to sing the lyrics and play the chords. And he was just making up lyrics. And yeah. he made up this one lyric yeah. about Lando Calrissian from uh-huh. Star Wars yeah. being trapped under the bod, is what he said. Under the, <laughs> under the bod. <laughs> And he, and we just basically, we laughed at that for a really long time. And he thought it was the funniest fucking thing of all time. And he like, I've never seen him laugh harder, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I've never seen you laugh harder at that, at that than anything. And yeah. like, he was just like, yeah, man, I love to laugh. And so like, sometimes I'll be laughing Sweet. really loud. And I've been at like stand-up shows or open mics and things where, and at a movie theater, like I'm, 
I, I cackle at things just ran, at random, you know, mm-hmm. and expect the crowd to come roaring in laughing behind me. And then yeah. it's just me like, ha, 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 you know, and it just like echoes. And someone's like, God damn it. Like yeah. I'm sharing the theater with that guy. Totally. And sometimes I'm just projecting, but sometimes people will be like, whoa, this guy's like fucking, you know, like at a stand up show or something. And so sometimes like we're talking about that self-critical self-love thing. Yeah. Like, I'll be self-critical about my fucking laugh. Oh, that's <laughs> sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's another like part of just like accepting myself it's just like yeah dude i'm fucking laughing but i do i do that sometimes like when i laugh or when i say something and then i hear myself back and yeah. i'm like ew right like, <laughs> is that like i'll probably listen to this podcast and be like is that my voice yeah. like i'm disgusting that's <laughs> why <laughs> i'm gonna put a filter on it and make you sound, yeah, like, but this. sound like really um anyway hannah thank you so much for fucking being on my podcast. Thank you for having You're me. Wonderful. On your podcast. Where, okay, please do all the plugs. Where can people find your things? Yeah, so all my music, Nightmares and Daydreams is my album. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, literally anywhere you get your music. Um, you can follow me uh, at the T-H-E, Hannah Bowers. Um, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, Hannah Bowers. Um, I'm the blonde one with the hat. Yeah. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that has some fun videos on it. Um, and that I'm trying to make oh, more Oh, I wanted of. to talk to you about that. Yeah. A couple more things before I release you. Yeah, totally. Um, that one video you made, I forget what it was in response to, but it was some video where you were kind of doing this like man on the street thing and you were like asking people like what they yeah. know a lot about or yeah. something. Yeah. That was beautiful. Will you talk about like the inspiration of that video and like what that video was and yeah. what it was like? Yeah. So I, uh, I released my first single, which was acoustic song called know ourselves. Yes. Um, and it's a song all about like realizing that you think, you know, everything. And then you suddenly are like, Oh no, I have no idea. Like who yeah. I am. I'm still growing. Nothing is real. Um, it's also about a one night stand, but like yes. that teaches you a lot. Yes. Um, I love that about you, by the way. Like that's one of my big, like, uh, things in this life is mm-hmm. about like, uh, moments where you can learn and like when yeah. you can have these spiritual moments, like it doesn't have to be always like on the mountaintop or yeah. like in a yoga class. Like yeah. it can be in a movie theater or like Dude, having a one night stand, like yeah. every moment, you know, like secular, every sacred yeah. <laughs> it has the opportunity to teach you. Sometimes I'm like, I have the adventure time poster. I love I learn fucking I just it, as much way. from that than I do. Like I love maybe like time. people talking about the Bhagavad Gita or something. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is lumpy space princess. Lumpy space princess. Because I love her. Oh my God. Jack, I love my lumps. Oh my God. I just, <laughs> I love Ellis. Oh, so you're talking um, about the song, sorry. Yeah, I was talking about the song, Know Ourselves. Um, so anyway, I um, released that song and I was so excited about it. Like it came out and it was my first like big release that was everywhere. That's also available too. Um, and um, I was super excited about it. And it, it was the day that it came out. I was like standing outside and there was a lot of people walking around. And I, I'm an extrovert. I definitely am an extrovert. Mm-hmm. No gray area here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I would just look around all these people and I was like, I just want to talk to everybody. Like yeah. I'm so stimulated by it and happy because my song came out and yes. like, I just want to be like, Hey, how are you? What's up? Like, yeah. let's have a conversation. Yeah. So I was feeling like that. And there's also a little bit of like a, a prankster in me, like deep down. <laughs> yes. So I just, got, I got like this idea s- watching all these people 
um, that I would go around kind of in a, in a jackass like way. Um, or yeah, some, just something like that. Um, where I would find a reason to like connect to these people. Um, and I'd make a video about it. So I had someone rent this camera, like a really nice camera that I had no idea how to use, (laughs) no idea how to use this thing. And I hit up my friend, Tommy, who I love dearly, Mm. um, French horn player. And, um, cause he, I, he brings out the prankster in me. Like we always like get in the shit together. (laughs) Um, so I was like, Tommy, I want to walk around with this camera and just like kind of bullshit with people a little bit. Um, we're going to go around the theme of my song um, that just came out, which is know ourselves. So we're just going to go around and like get some knowledge like from these people. Yeah. I had no rules. I was just like, I don't care how you talk to them. I don't care what you ask. <laughs> we're just, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. So we walked around with this camera and we went up to all these different people Anytime Tommy approached somebody, he was rejected. Like oh. someone was like, I don't like, but he, I think he also went up to like some people that was like, you have to know the kind of person oh, that yeah. looks like they're totally. going to be receiving of whatever. Yes. And he was like, no, I don't want to be on camera. Like the people <laughs> we talked to. Um, and then we got some really good ones where like, we just stumbled across people and we we're like, Hey, like, what do you know? Like, and then I yeah. think there's one that's a good, like, um, example of what the whole video was where I'm talking to this one girl and it was like this rapid fire questions. And I was like, what's your favorite color? Like, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? And like, that was what it was. Yeah. And then, so I filmed it. Don't know how to use this camera. Tommy didn't know how to use this camera. <laughs> and then I went and I edited it, edited it. My, um, Pete Holmes has this joke about saying edited it. Edited it. <laughs> it's like the it's hardest thing. It's kind of thing. fun. Edited, edited it. it. If you don't I, I think about it as a phrase and like just how it feels with your tongue, like it's kind of fun. Edited it. I edited it. Yeah. So that was really fun. And I, and I liked Fuck doing yeah. that and I did. And then I posted it, um, after the election because everyone was very sad. Yeah. Um, as was I. And my biggest thing is like, if we are sad, like let's find something we can laugh about. Yeah. Um, like I love comedy and I love laughing and I like cheering people up. So I'm like, yeah. And I think that's a sacred, awesome. So I'm like, let me just give you some content that has (laughs) nothing political involved with it at all. Right. Yes. Like, let me give you a little escape for two minutes from serious conversations that we don't want to have. And maybe not like sometimes I do view those things as an escape, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh wait, no, this is what life is really about. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like this shit still happens regardless who's president. Maybe the other shit is, Oh, not that that's not serious, but I mean like, Sometimes I feel like, oh, there's no time for laughing. We got to get serious. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 that's what life is about. No, there's dude. always time to laugh, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah! Okay, dude, uh, dude. I want to play one of the recordings from one in, uh, from your album mm-hmm. at the at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it later. Okay. Will you pick a song and like introduce it, and then we'll, that's how we'll close out? Oh shoot. What's your fave? My favorite. Well, my favorite is or the last one that you want to like showcase on this podcast. For sure. My be. well, my favorite one is the last song. Yeah. Which is "If You Knew Me Well." Yes. So that's the song. Heck that you'll yeah. hear, If you knew me well. What you? What made you write it? <sighs> <laughs> if I can ask that, we don't have to go there. Um, it's I wrote it about this fantasy that I had, where like I had feelings for somebody that mm-hmm. I 
shouldn't have. And, like, she shouldn't have had feelings for me either, like, situationally inappropriate. And, but I couldn't help but feel it, so I wrote this song as, like, a fantasy of, like, this is what would happen if we did get together, it yeah. would be bad. Your girlfriend um, that you and it's best for both of us not to do it. So the song is a fantasy about that. And then it's fun, yeah, all my songs are about like numerous things. Your mouth it's sort of like it's um, not allowed. But you're not done, and I'm not tired. Too much fun to keep it quiet. Too much time to settle down. If you knew. You 